pilgrimage to the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. Welcome back, young friends, and everyone joining for the gradual teaching series. A question has been asked in relation to the Buddha's gradual instructions on virtue. So the person asks, May I ask, with regards to the talks on virtue, can you explain about charita varita? How should charita be understood? So we can start by looking at the translation for charita varita. So charita, it translates as custom or conduct, a manner of acting, what we practice, how we proceed, and a way of keeping. And in terms of varita, it translates to something like avoidance, abstinence, an act that should not be done. So when you look at charita varita, it comes together like a manner of acting and avoiding, or what we, what we can do, what is to be done, and what is to be avoided. And then you also find sometimes a reference to charita sila, which means a code of conduct for virtuous behavior. So what you get from the sense of the Buddha's teaching, and since we've been looking at these instructions on virtue, is throughout the whole of the Buddha's teachings, you get this sense of what is to be done and what is not to be done. You get that in the Noble Eightfold Path, which is you begin with the right view, you cultivate the right intention, you undertake the right speech, and you undertake the right action and the right livelihood, you make the right effort, uh, you generate the right mindfulness and you end up with right concentration. And as a result of that, eventually, right uh, knowledge and liberation. So what should be avoided, the Buddha usually emphasizes, is the wrong view, which leads to the wrong intention, wrong speech, wrong action, wrong livelihood, the wrong kind of uh, effort, and then the wrong mindfulness and the wrong concentration. And of course, the wrong liberation, wrong knowledge. So... Clearly, when you look at the suttas, you see this emphasis of what is to be done and what is to be avoided, i.e. what is not, not to be done. So we can look at this through the suttas, giving some examples of, of how we can understand this. We get a very strong example of charita varita, even when we look at dasakusala, dasakusala, so what is good and what is not good in terms of our actions. So there's this sutta called the Sadhu Sutta in Anguttara Nikaya. And the Buddha is talking to the monks about what is good and what is not good and he's defining it. So the Buddha says, and what because is not good? Killing living beings, taking what is not given and sexual misconduct. Speech that is false, divisive, harsh or frivolous, covetousness, ill will and wrong view. This is called what is not good. And what is good? Avoiding killing living beings, avoiding taking what is not given, avoiding sexual misconduct, avoiding speech that is false, avoiding speech that is divisive, harsh or frivolous, non-covetousness, non-ill will and right view. This is called what is good. So you see, even in this particular sutta, you see the coming together of charita varita as an example. And then we have lots of suttas where the Buddha is expanding on virtuous conduct, our sila, in terms of how we can generate our spiritual practice. So one particular sutta is the Saleka Sutta, and it's a particularly good one because it looks at three different aspects. So the first one is Saleka, which usually means effacement, 
which means eradication, dissolution, uh, austerity in terms of our practice, so reining our, our behavior in. And the second aspect to it is about how we incline our mind. We incline it towards the kusala, the wholesome. And then the third aspect is in order to walk this path, you avoid certain things. And they're very similar in talking about parts of the spiritual practice. There's about 44 parts to each of these three aspects. Same kinds of things, but it's a way of practicing. And it's very much around charita varita. So for example, when it comes to effacement, the Buddha says, others will be cruel, we shall not be cruel here. So that's how effacement is practiced. The second is, others will kill living beings. We shall abstain from killing living beings here. And that's how effacement should be practiced. Then uh, it goes on for another 42 different aspects like that. But when it looks at uh, the inclination of the mind towards kusala, uh, it encourages the same thing. The mind should be inclined in this way. Others will be cruel. We shall not be cruel here. So within your mind, you're also actually uh, giving this kind of intention. And the same thing with the killing of living beings. You actually say others will be doing that, but we will abstain from that. And then the third aspect of it is avoiding. So Buddha talks about there's an uneven path and another even path by which to avoid it. So instead of walking the uneven path, you walk the, the even one. And when you do that, that gives you the means to avoid or bypass the akusala. So uh, likewise, the same example, a person given to cruelty has non-cruelty by which to avoid it. And the second example would be one giving to, given to killing living beings have substantiation from killing living beings by which to avoid it. So charita varita, they go hand in hand. They're actually, in order to overcome something, you do the opposite actually. And so Buddha gives 44 different examples in the Saleka Sutta, how you do it. And that's the same thing as we saw when it comes to cultivating dasa kusala as opposed to dasa akusala. You do the exact opposite. So it's a very, very strong thread in the Buddha's teaching around charita varita. So quite often people think that in order to overcome uh, anger, you, you fight it with anger. In order to overcome envy, uh, you envy more. And it's very it's not something that is conscious that people do, but what happens is that's where it ends up when you don't cultivate something that the Buddha teaches, which is more precise. So why you find a lot of people in the world today cultivating so many defilements, as in breeding a lot of defilements, is because they haven't looked at this charitavarita aspect, that much of, in fact, all of what the Buddha says is in order to overcome the bad thing, you cultivate the opposite of it. You give that, that bad thing up. And that is why when you walk the Noble Eightfold Path, when it comes to right speech, what you're doing is you're overcoming wrong speech. When you cultivate right action, you're overcoming the wrong action. And the same with the livelihood. It's very, very uh, precise and specific medicine. And so this is a very, very strong emphasis in the Buddha's teaching. You get it all the way through. And we'll go through a number of other examples. But that is also why when you look at the Vatupama Sutta or the Anangana Sutta or the Anumana Sutta, Buddha tells you what is not good and instead of 
cultivating something different, he tells you just cultivate the abandoning of those things because that is what is charitavarita. This is also true when we look at a meditation like the Karaniya Metta Sutta, that what underpins the cultivation of loving kindness, the development of this good quality, is really charitavarita. There is a process where we purify our bodily, verbal and mental actions, so the dasa kusala, the ten wholesome conduct, by abandoning the ten unwholesome conduct. So as much as we say uh, varita is avoiding, but it's also abstaining. So when we go through the metta school meditation, we're actually abandoning all the unwholesome bodily, verbal and mental actions. So when you start at the beginning, you're very much looking at your verbal and your bodily actions and you're looking at the various things about being upright and thoroughly upright. And you're also really looking at that in terms of all those qualities that are very wholesome as opposed to the defilement. So you want to be easy to instruct, gentle, humble and not arrogant, contented, all these different things. And what you want to abandon eventually is all the mental side of things, which is the ill will, the uh, anger. And by the end of it, you're giving up all the wrong views in order to have cultivated right view, which is towards the end. And you are virtuous at the end with nine skill states. And then the last one is about covetousness, that you realize having understood all these things, that you give up the covetousness, which is really to come back into the mother's womb. So this particular meditation, you really, really see that it's charitavarita, that there's a purification process that we do with our sila, even in meditation, and you abstain uh, from doing those wrong things. So if you remember, varita is always uh, either avoiding or abstaining abstinence, abandoning, and there, therefore what you cultivate is you cultivate what is good. And so that's very supportive of the meditation in order for you to uh, cultivate loving kindness to the entire world. Another example is the Potaliya Sutta. This is about Potaliya, the householder. And he believes that he's cut off all his affairs with the world, but the Buddha points out to him that this is not true. It's a bit like the Haladikani Sutta where Buddha's talking about the difference between having a home, roaming about with a home or an abode, uh, as opposed to one that is homeless. It's very similar but slightly different. But there are three parts to the way the Buddha teaches this to Bodhaliya. One part is actually about Charitavarita. So the Buddha talks about eight different things. And he talks about with the support of non-killing of living beings, the killing of living beings is to be abandoned. With the support of only taking what is given, the taking of what is not given is to be abandoned. With the support of truthful speech, false speech is to be abandoned. With the support of non-divisive speech, divisive speech is to be abandoned. With the support of non-covetousness and greed, covetousness and greed are to be abandoned. With the support of not insulting with anger, Insulting with anger is to be abandoned. With the support of no anger and despair, anger and despair are to be abandoned. With the support of non-arrogance, arrogance is to be abandoned. So again, here you see Charita Varita, that it's very clear what is good and what is not good. So what is to be 
uh, done in order to abandon uh, what is what is not good. So it's very strong thing in the Buddha's uh, teaching. This is how he emphasizes virtue because in many ways what we'll come to find is when you practice in this way, the mind is able then to be lifted because when the Buddha describes these meditations, what he's really saying is the mind becomes quite joyful when you avoid or abandon that which is not good and cultivate what, what is good and you can concentrate the mind easily. So the development of the spiritual path becomes one where you're preparing through your actions, through body, speech and mind, so that you can lift the mind. When you can lift the mind, then you can develop more wisdom. Another example is the Parikamana Sutta. This is in the Anguttara Nikaya. And Parikamana is very similar to going around, bypassing, circumventing, avoiding. So it's very similar to Varita in many ways. I won't read the whole sutta because it's very similar to what we've been through before. But Buddha gives a similar teaching that the way to uh, bypass or avoid is really around when you abstain, when you abstain from all the wrong kinds of things. And so in, in effect you're cultivating what is good rather than what is bad. So where we get to with sila sampano, so when you come to being accomplished in virtue and you know that this virtue is what helps you to walk the, the path of the Buddha and the Noble Ones, you realize that the benchmark is really quite true, that you dwell restrained in physical, verbal and mental conduct. So this is always the dasakusala or any other kind of sila that you, that you take. So it could be the five precepts, the eight precepts, if you're ordained then you take 227 rules or 311 rules or whatever other training rules are given and you aim to be perfect in that behavior and in that area of activity so you're very cautious about where you go where you place your yourself in terms of being able to keep your sila and so you keep training in that so if it's the five precepts you keep training in that good conduct and avoiding the wrong kinds of conduct. And lastly, where you get to as you really develop that path, is you realize you look for the danger in even the slightest wrongdoing. That's where you get to when you really start to refine the practice because you know you know from the, the understanding of karma that there is danger in, in even the slightest fold. And also you wouldn't want to harm anybody, particularly if you're cultivating things like metta. So that becomes what you're accomplished in when you, when you look at sila sampano, accomplished in virtue. So charita varita underpins that. So it's very interesting how all of this fits together in terms of developing our path and practice, that when we look at dana sila bhavana, it's very interesting. We've been developing this already, even though we're almost like halfway through our gradual teaching series. So when we look at dana, we know that there's a lot of generosity that is cultivated and a lot of things that we give up in order to give. And so we are starting to walk the path and we're cultivating a lot of uh, merit making. The same with the virtue. We are also doing that. And the mental development is happening as we go along. It's all happening like it shows on this particular diagram. We keep going round and round. And even when we recollect our, our giving and we recollect 
the virtue. This is also part of our mental development. It lays the fertile ground for our bhavana. Now, when people talk about taking this up to the next level, so it could be that you ordain, then that's clearly you start to train in the higher virtue, the higher mental states, and the higher wisdom. And this is also available to lay people. A lot of what we do is also around that because we look at even the Karaniya Metta uh, meditation is, is something where you're developing a lot of wisdom when you do that meditation. So no matter whether you're young or old, these things are available to us and they're just classifications and, and things that the Buddha uses in order for people to almost like ramp up their practice. So when you start to develop higher virtue, so we've been talking about virtue in terms of Charitavarita, when you really get the emphasis of the Buddha, what is to be cultivated and what is to be abandoned, then you start to really hone in on that aspect of the teaching because you know it's supportive of the, of the path. You can't do it without uh, the, this kind of good virtue. It's not the ending of everything, but it's, it's almost like the skillful means, the helpful aids as you develop the Buddha's path. So when you do that, what is very clear about the path is as you develop the higher virtue, what it leads to is this other diagram on the right, that when you develop higher virtue, it's called Adisila, then you start to be able to cultivate Aditita, which is the higher mind. So that means the mind is able, once it knows that it has purified, it's able to concentrate more easily. And then it's able, what does it lead to? Higher wisdom, Adipanya. In simple terms, this is what people normally talk of, Sila Samadhi Panya. So this is the, the fast track, if you will, if you really want to develop the mind. And so this is how you kind of start off with the Buddha's gradual teachings. But when you really get a strong sense of it, and you really know what underpins the Buddha's teaching, which is very much Tarita then you know that that's how you can uh, fast track the path. And what you're really keen on doing is actually developing the mind and developing wisdom. Because once you do that, it makes the Noble Eightfold Path, which is where we're eventually going to get to in terms of this gradual teaching series and the Four Noble Truths, is you really see how the Buddha's path actually all comes together. So that's a little brief uh, glimpse of it for you. And so when you see direct references or direct uh, words like Charitavarata in the suttas, you find them particularly when it comes to talking about the monastics. So there was this uh, Thera called Gautama. So not the Buddha, but another one. So this is called the Apra Gautama Theragata. So this is the Book of Elders. And in this, it's talking about all the good qualities. And right in the middle of it, after talking about committing to the, the good conduct and good livelihood and, and being able to concentrate the mind, which is just what we've been talking about, then it goes, an impressive deportment in things that should be done and in those better avoided. So really it's saying you start to perfect uh, things that should be done and perfect uh, avoiding those that are better to be avoided. And then commitment to the higher mind. So this is the aditita that we were just talking about. This is appropriate for an ascetic. So this is talking about a samana. So a samana can also be a lay person, but in this case it's a monastic. Uh, 
who has fulfilled many of the good qualities of training for Sila Samadhi Bhavana. So in this respect, when it comes to impressive deportment, this is by the four postures. So whether standing, sitting, walking or lying down, this person knows what should be done, what is the kusala, and the things that should be avoided, what is the akusala, and actually make sure by body, speech and mind that one is not doing those things. And so then the commitment is to the higher mind, to this adichitta, that you can concentrate more easily, get to the higher mind states, and this is what is considered appropriate and also inspiring, like it inspires confidence when one practices in that way. And so this is one of the direct references to Charatavarata in, in the suttas. And the last sutta that we'll look at is another direct reference to Charatavarata in the sense that King Melinda had a question about some specific thing about the Buddha's teaching about a world not uh, void of arahants, so a world with arahants, not empty of it. And he asked this question of Nagasena, and Nagasena makes reference to uh, a place where in the world, without ceasing, one continues to practice what is good and avoids what is bad unceasingly. So it goes like this, so just so, O king, does the glorious teaching of the conqueror blaze and shine over the 10,000 world systems by the practice of morality, virtuous behavior, and purity of conduct. And if, O king, in addition to that, the sons of the Buddha devoting themselves to the five kinds of spiritual exertion continue zealous in effort, if cultivating a longing for the threefold discipline, they train themselves therein. If without ceasing they carry out to the full the conduct that is right and absolutely avoid all that is wrong and practice righteousness of life. So this reference to without ceasing, you know, carry out to the full the conduct that is right and absolutely avoid all that is wrong and practicing righteousness of life, then really this is how one still has arahants in the world. And so we continue to contribute to that when we begin or continue to practice in the same way. That when we know the distinction between kusala and akusala and we make effort towards uh, avoiding, abandoning all that is akusala, so all, that, all the bad conduct, all the unwholesome things, unskillful things, and we continue to practice what is good, what is wholesome, what is upright and skillful, and we undertake the meditations that help us to do that, then we are supporting a world that will not be void or empty of arahants. That's very inspiring in many ways when you think about it like that. We can end our session here. Let's share the merit with all sentient beings. May all beings be happy and well. May all beings be free from suffering. Blessings of the Triple Gem, wishing you well. Deruan Saranai.